How are you feeling this morning? It's okay to be honest. It's okay to be frank with me because this is a safe place. And it's not a safe place because I'm a really understanding guy, but because whatever you say, however you respond to that question right now, I can't hear you. I, I don't know what it is that you're answering with. So there's zero chance that I'm going to be able to be judgmental, that I'm going to be able to force a measure of blame on you for your circumstances or your situation. It genuinely is a safe place. How are you doing? Actually, some of you, the lucky ones, will have someone close by at the moment. And that person close by is making it so you don't feel 100% comfortable answering that question. And that's okay as well. Let me reassure you, it doesn't have to be a spoken response. Even though externalizing, speaking things, writing things, things like that is really helpful. Right now, you don't need to say it out loud. You just need to say it maybe internally. You can feel confident and safe that neither I nor the person that you are with can influence or react in any sort of way. How are you doing? I know actually that a decent number of us tuning in today still won't feel comfortable, still won't feel certain that with those checks and with those balances, with those measures in place to reassure you that this is a safe place to give an honest answer, that it is really okay to be 100% honest. We're still not comfortable probably even answering it internally because we know number one, we're listening, but number two, God is listening. We know that God is a God who knows all things, who sees all things, who hears all things. And as soon as we admit how we're feeling, that we're feeling that way about a particular circumstance or relationship or just life in general, as soon as we admit that, even internally, we are saying something about God. Perhaps we're even accusing God by being honest in how we feel. And I get that. I totally get that. You'd rather not say that you're fed up because if you do, it feels like you're having a go. But let me, with utter confidence, say one more time, this is a safe place. How are you feeling? Psalm 42 shows us that we're always in a safe place to admit how we're feeling, to admit to ourselves and to admit to God how we're experiencing life. Surely you, you picked that up when we heard it read earlier. Oh God, the psalmist says, I am thirsty. Deep within, I am gasping. I'm exhausted from weeping. I'm fed up with other people chirping in around me from their circumstances into mine. So much of what I truly love has vanished. It's gone. I'm bent over double inside and out. I'm in utter turmoil. It feels like all creation, your creation is out to get me, God. Even at the end of lengthy, beautiful days, positive experiences in my life, all I can expect are even longer, aching nights. Oh God, have you forgotten me? Have you forgotten me? 
Have you forgotten my suffering? Everyone else says you have. I'm wrecked. I'm in utter turmoil. Sounds to me like whoever wrote Psalm 42 and whoever decided that it was okay and sensible to have it in our Bible, that they certainly thought that it was safe to be open, to be honest with our Heavenly Father with how we're feeling, with how we're experiencing life. It seems to me that they thought that being open and honest was actually a very good thing, a very helpful thing. To be able to be vulnerable, that's a positive, with God and even with ourselves. So Psalm 42 is pretty good at giving us permission to be open. But it's more than that. Psalm 42 is showing us how we move forward because no one wants to stay in that state. No one reads Psalm 42 and says, oh yes, please, I want some of that. None of us having said out loud or internally how we really feel if it's a negative description really wants to remain in that place. If you've been courageous enough this morning to admit how you feel, my guess is what you really want is to move forward. Now, you might have spotted it as well as we read through. Verse 5 and verse 11 in Psalm 42 are identical. They're repeats of each other when the psalmist writes this. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Now, that's not a rhetorical question, by the way. The rest of the psalm is answering that question. But he says this. Why, O my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. There's that acknowledgement, my soul is downcast within me. But really the unwritten question is this, well what am I going to do about it? What can I do about it in this situation? The answer comes back pretty quick, therefore I will remember you. From the land of the Jordan, the height of Hermon, from Mount Misa, I will remember you. Here's what's being said. Even though I'm far from where I want to be, perhaps even where I'm supposed to be, I'm making this decision. I'm prescribing myself this medicine. And the medicine is truth. I will remember you, Lord God. I will praise you, my saviour. I will keep my hope in you, Yahweh. Because what we need isn't just to be honest and open with ourselves about how we feel in any given day or circumstance. What we need is truth. Enemies are quite happy to throw their truth in our direction, aren't they? Psalm 42, here's what they keep on lobbing into the circumstances. Where is your God? Now that is a rhetorical question. They're laughing. They're taunting. They're observing someone else's misery. And they're trying to get their end across that this is just evidence that God has given up on an individual. 
sooner rather than later, not just our enemies, but we start putting in our own truths. Well, God, maybe you have forgotten me. They're right. You and your creation seem to be out to get me. But here's the thing, those things aren't true. They're spoken as if they are, but they aren't true. No, the medicine that is prescribed, the, the, the process that Psalm 42 describes is that we find true truth, God's truth, as an answer to the downcastedness of our soul. Because God isn't a God who abandons. He's not a God who forsakes, steps aside, leaves alone. He's not just a God who shows up lovingly during the day and leaves us to fend for ourselves all night. He's not a God who withdraws his compassion, his kindness, his mercy. He's not a stream that runs dry when the sun burns too bright for too long. He is a God who hears our cries. He is a God who saves. He is a refuge. He is a shelter. He is a tower. He is a rock. That's the sort of truth that we need to be as willing to bring up, to listen to, as we are to bring up our own sorrows. Psalm 42 gives us all permission to be honest about how we feel, but it also shows us how we should proceed by filling ourselves up with God and his truth. Psalm 42 is actually pretty famous for the imagery of its opening lines. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. You see, from the word go, as the psalmist is about to open up and describe his pain or her misery, the psalmist knows what they really need. The psalmist knows what they're really lacking in their lives. However, the sorts of difficulties and discomforts, the sufferings, the sorrows of Psalm 42, however they translate into our lives, we need to be crystal clear too about what it is that we really need. What we need isn't more comfort. What we need isn't more job stability. What we need isn't more time with a certain individual. What we need, what we really, really need in the midst of everything that we're opening up about is more of him. He's the living God, the God of life, a stream of living water for us. You've been near stagnant water before, right? My guess is nobody has drunk stagnant water, but if you've been near it, you can you can see it. You can smell it, that stench of death. Perhaps you have drunk it by mistake and you've become very, very ill. Here's what Psalm 42 is teaching us to do. It's teaching us to be honest. It's teaching us to be open about our thirst. 
but to make sure that we go to the fresh, flowing, life-giving stream that is our God, our Heavenly Father. It's telling us to go to that place where we will be satisfied, where we will be kept safe, where we will be picked up, where we, we will find life. Ultimately, it's telling us to go to Jesus. In the Gospel of John, there's this record of Jesus enjoying one of the annual Jewish celebrations, the sort of celebration that the psalmist is speaking about in verse 4, about going up to the temple, about singing and praising and rejoicing with others. And at this particular festival, Jesus made everyone who gathered a special offer. This is what he said. Whoever is thirsty... Come to me and drink. Now there's no doubt in my mind that Jesus is thinking about Psalm 42 when he says that. What we need is God. And we get God in Jesus. Elsewhere he said that if we drink this water that he gives, we will never ever thirst again. Do we know that what we need more than anything else is to come and to keep on coming to Jesus? How are you doing today? It's safe to answer that. It's safe to answer that honestly each and every day, but... That's just where truth starts. Sometimes it can feel like we've mustered up all the truth in the universe when we, we confess how we really feel to ourselves and to God, but that's not where truth ends. That's just where truth begins. That's not the journey's end as if we've reached the goal. That's just the first step, the first stage. See, if you feel good this morning, then great. Thank God for that, but you need to know this. You've only just started. You've only just started to scratch the surface. You know what you need. In your goodness, it's more of Jesus. What if you feel low this morning? Well, that's, that's okay. That's real. That's true. Tell yourself Tell God, by all means, tell somebody else, but you've only just started to scratch the surface as well. You need to remind yourself that there's more to the story, that there's God, your God, your saviour, Jesus, that he is worthy of praise and he is the one, the only one who we can ultimately put our hope in. Trust this truth, that just as certain as you are parched, just as certain as you are thirsty, starved for something this morning, that something is Jesus, and that there is plenty of Jesus to go around. You see, Psalm 42 is telling us this loud and clear if we're willing to listen to it. It's okay not to be okay, but there is a way not to stay that way. 
It's okay not to be okay, but there is a way not to stay that way. God's big enough to hear your accusations, to hear your cries, to hear about your discomfort and your upset. But that's just stage one. As it happens, uh, this week I've been in the book of Job as I read through the Bible uh, by myself every morning. And Job, by the end of all of his sufferings, is commended for his openness, for his honesty, for his brutality with confronting God. But that's not the whole story. Just like in Psalm 42, Job is one who had to confront truth. Truth about his own nature. Truth about the nature of God. He had to learn all over again to trust and to hope in the Almighty. Psalm 42 is inviting us, beckoning us to do exactly the same. To be open, to be honest and to flee to him. I'm downcast in my soul. So I will remember. I will put my hope. I will put my trust. I will sing the praises of the God who is a stream of life to me. Psalm 42. Come to Jesus. Never be thirsty again.